Well, there's absolutely no doubt that around the world, and specifically in Australia right now, there's never been a more challenging time for pharmacy. And often there's so many factors involved in what's changed. Often things we can control, some things we can't. But the things we can control often are what we haven't automated yet. And to talk about that and to talk about some of the latest innovations that you can take advantage of in your pharmacy right now, we've got Robert Allen from Dose Innovations. Welcome to the Transformation Show, where successful pharmacy owners and technology partners help you to build a better 21st century pharmacy by embracing technology. Here is your host, Robert Starr. G'day everyone and welcome back to Transformation, the only dedicated podcast in the world where pharmacy and technology collide to bring you, the motivated pharmacy owner, all that you need to build your smarter, more successful 21st century business before it's too late. My name's Robert Starr, your host and guide on this fantastic journey of ours as we go forward to episode 57. Well, automation often divides a lot of us when we talk about it. Often we think, well, I don't want to automate everything. I still want to do certain things. But when it comes down to it, we need to isolate, is it a high value activity and is it something that our patients would love us doing? And that's a really good way of thinking about it. If you can think about any task that you do in your business right now, if your patients could tell you, or as we've been talking about, our customers as well can tell you that they highly value that, then that's something you should keep doing. But I'm certain that if they had their choice, they would much rather not have you not labeling boxes, not picking boxes, putting away stock, but spending more time solving their problems, which I'm sure they would value much more highly. But we'll get into that in a moment. Well, it was a great response last week to our episode with Tracy Angwin on payroll. And often, you know, the question that I got and the feedback was fantastic was around how much opportunity there is. And there were certain things that we just weren't aware of and we're not focusing on. And ultimately, when we're trying to get more done with less at the moment, we may actually have more than we actually think. We're just not tapping into all those opportunities albeit as unsociable as we may talk about with payroll, but there's opportunity in it, which was great to see. Had a great webinar for our Transformation Tribe last Friday. It was great to get so many questions from motivated pharmacy owners, and we're even able to uh, get Greg on the uh, on the line as well and unmute him, and we had a live chat on the webinar as well around a really interesting topic, which I think will shape an upcoming episode, really about Facebook and pharmacy. And we're really talking about some of the queries and problems that we're seeing when we're posting things to Facebook. Facebook from our pharmacy websites where Facebook is confusing us with trying to sell medicines through that post and they're just simply pulling those posts down or as we've found out pulling the whole page down. So to really to demystify that, we need to get a Facebook expert to talk to. And I've had a chat with a few this week and I'm about to nail down a couple of interview times. We may actually have more than one expert so we can get two sides to the equation. And um, that'll come to you in an upcoming episode. So absolutely brilliant. And certainly, if you've got any pharmacy technology questions like Greg did on the webinar as well, just fire them through to me and it may shape an entire episode as we found out last year uh, with uh, Bishoy who asked a lot of questions around setting up his first pharmacy website and what did we do in episode 37 
I got John Hollenberg and we put together an episode about doing exactly that. And as a progression to that, so that you can see that we go even a step further, there's been such great feedback over the latter part of 2014 and early parts of this year that I've managed to twist John's arm and we're going to put together a masterclass webinar on April 17 at 12 p.m. Now, as you most are aware, there is going to be a premium transformation community coming up. And these types of masterclasses are going to be the feature of your monthly membership there. But because that hasn't gone live yet, and because I'd love to get as many of you involved, this masterclass will be open to everyone, everyone who listens to the show. So if you'd like to join us on April 17, and if you can't attend, that's okay. So long as you've registered, you'll be able to get a replay for the first two weeks afterwards as well. And then it will live in the transformation community. But to register, just head across to Robertstar dot com forward slash website webinar and obviously this link will be in the show notes as well so don't let go of your dog don't jump off the treadmill to write it down it's in the show notes there at robertstar.com forward slash episode 57 now if you want to send a question through and ultimately it was great to have greg live on the chat as well um, just send it through to robertstar.com forward slash voicemail and what you can actually do is record a short recording as you may have seen from david flack a few episodes ago where it's basically like a call in on a radio show where i'll actually publish your audio question and i'll answer it directly on the show as well i'd love you to do that Otherwise, please just send through a written question through your preferred channel, email, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, however you'd like to do it, even Snapchat or any other manner you might do, we're available in all of those spaces as well. So how have you been? How's your week been? I know we're coming up to Easter and uh, ultimately we end up eating too much chocolate and we have our kids hunting for eggs and bunnies and so forth. And uh, my youngest is a massive fan of bunnies and uh, she's just seeing bunnies everywhere at the moment. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a very interesting weekend of uh, (laughs) how we negotiate that without gorging on chocolate. But I digress on that. But in our pharmacies, obviously, depending on our size, our location, you may be closing for a couple of days you might have reduced hours and really during those penalty hours having skeleton staff so ultimately as is the theme for a lot of this episode it's about doing more with less but ensuring that we can maintain a good level of patient experience and service throughout that time and ensuring that we don't come back to big mountains of problems when we come back after the Easter break as well. So you might remember that in previous episodes, I've spoken about a tool called SpeakPipe, and that tool I just mentioned about recording a question for the show, which is at robertstar.com forward slash voicemail, is based on SpeakPipe. So if you want to see how it works, great, do it that way as well. And that's a good way for having a tool on your website where you can receive non-urgent inquiries from your customers um, and potentially if you'd like to do it with your team as well because it really just goes straight in your inbox. Alternatively, as we've spoken about with the five prescriptions for a stress-free holiday, and I'll put a link in the show notes to that as well, you can have voice memos generated and sent both back and forward. 
But one thing I've come across, and as, as it happens each week, I come across a number of new tools. I'm trialing a tool called Voxer, V-O-X-E-R, and I'll uh, put a link in the show notes as well. And I'm just trialing it in a number of uh, clients at the moment. And we're really looking at how we can manage that across multiple site businesses, broadcasting messages, um, engaging with very close customers who are housebound, um, and also nursing homes as well, of course, as well as team correspondence and escalations. And the reason why it's quite useful in all of those scenarios is that it functions as a walkie-talkie. Um, ultimately as a, as a digital walkie-talkie where you can literally send a message, it sends you a notification and you can be talking back and forth live without any lag time. So it's not like someone's got to record a one-minute message, then you've got to listen to it for a minute and then it comes back. It's actually streaming as you're doing it. So it's really, really useful um, and great when you sometimes may have an urgent issue, but at the same time, you may want to only check it once a day as we referred to in that five prescriptions for a stress-free holiday. So I'll put a link in there. And if any of you are looking to trial this, um, please let me know how you go. And I really hope that um, it becomes a really high productivity tool for all of you. Before we get into our interview with Robert, um, I just wanted to share a little bit about my week. And um, this week, I've probably had three different themes that I think we can all um, benefit from. Um, and the first one, and I'll go through them after I've listed them, was getting outside your comfort zone, adapting quickly, and make sure you're starting the day and setting the tone really well. And getting outside my comfort zone was a really interesting one, as you'll find out next week with our episode at the Retail Evolution Lab. And it was really about trialing some new tools, trying to evolve and create new types of content and new types of uh, interactivity for you guys. And it was embracing a new piece of technology called Periscope. Of course, there's another one called Meerkat. Cat, uh, which are live video streaming applications via Twitter, which is similar to live stream. So if any of you attended the virtual book launch last year of Pharmacy Freedom, that was all done through live stream. And you can access that via robertstar.com if you want to have a look at it. Um, but basically, just in a nutshell, I even took it to another level where I interviewed uh, Stephen Borg, the uh, corporate director of global strategy for a company called AOpen, and they specialize in really at the cutting edge of all different retail technologies. And we we're talking about um, update on iBeacons, digital displays, electronic shelf labels, embedded glass displays, tablet computers, you name it. There was a whole range of really cool stuff that's getting utilized already in other retail environments, but not in pharmacy at the moment. But what I decided to do, I guess for hopefully all of your benefit, was I decided to strap a GoPro to my head whilst I was doing the interview. So I hoped that I'd be able to deliver to you not only a podcast interview, which you get every single week, but I'd be able to do a virtual tour. Now, unfortunately, the GoPro strapping to the head wasn't a great idea at the end. Um, ultimately, it was the best way because I had to obviously uh, have the microphone between myself and Stephen. Um, but because I tend to move a bit when I talk, um, not the greatest idea. But I'll improve for next time. And um, I'd love to also get some feedback on you as to what you think of that format. There'll be probably a number of guests coming up in the next couple of months where it will be a live environment where it will be something that you could benefit from seeing visually. And I'd love to see if you think... We're 
whether you could d- deal with that, um, I guess, in a video sense. I know that a lot of you listen to it on the move doing other things. Um, so I appreciate that little bites will come out of it. So what we're going to do with the stream of video from last week is we're going to cut it up so that you don't have to watch the whole thing uh, to see what we're talking about. You don't have to see the iBeacon demonstration or the tablet display demonstration. We'll cut that up. But I'd just be interested to know whether you'd even be interested in that happening in a live environment as well. So let me know what you think. Um, Also adapting quickly, Um, really interesting. We trialed Google Hangouts last week. So as you all know, I love trialing new things, but we've always need a backup plan. And that's what we had last week. So Google Hangouts, the audio failed, but we jumped across to GoToWebinar, which is another technology that we've used for all of our webinars so far. And Google Hangouts will continue to trial, but um, we've understood the challenges there in terms of what type of microphone you'll need and how it needs to be configured. But you only learn these things by trialing things. So the point of mentioning these things, like getting outside the comfort zone, adapting quickly, is where there are opportunities in being an early adopter, but also to do that in a way that you know that there's a backup plan for you so that you haven't dipped below where you're currently, but you do have the ability to go to another level by trialing something new. And of course you learn and you get better next time. So in these challenging times, we don't want to be stifled by always doing what we've always done because we'll always get what we've always got. So it's really important that we do embrace change, but we do it in a way that obviously we've got a platform we can come back to if we need to, but at the same time, we need to continue to evolve as well. And finally, starting the day well. I spoke about it with the five prescriptions for a stress-free holiday, and I can't and I really think that it's evolving back to not just a stress-free holiday, but it might even be five prescriptions for every single day. And the reason I say this is that you cannot understate the benefits of productivity of starting the day really well. There was a great book, and I'll put a link in the show notes that I read early in January um, over the holidays called Miracle Morning. And there was a really good analogy in that, in that every time we hit the snooze button, we're basically saying we don't want to live that particular day. We would rather be spending another 10, 15 minutes unconscious rather than hitting the ground running and taking the day by, by the horns and creating our best day for that particular week and achieving the goals that we've set. And it really sets the tone that as I've been committing to this and we're now into April now, um, I've done it for three months now and I can't understate the benefits that I get of starting the day really well and it means getting up earlier but hey it's something that when you've got great motivation you love what you do you find ways of doing it and when we're always trying to find ways of planning or learning or building something new in our businesses the first thing we come back to is time and one thing you can do by getting up that extra hour earlier and creating that morning around something that's going to help you develop even something like meditation which I'd never thought of in the past as being beneficial is absolutely brilliant. So I'll put a link in the show notes and I couldn't recommend that one highly enough for you to have a look at But at the very least, have a crack at those five prescriptions for a stress-free holiday and see if you can adapt them into your everyday workflow. Our interview today is with Robert Allen. He's the CEO of Dose Innovations and this is his second time on The Transformation Show. Dose Innovations aim to be the first company people call when considering improving quality healthcare delivery 
through efficiency. Robert Allen, welcome to the Transformation Show. Hi, Rob. It's great to be here again, and thanks for having me. Uh, absolutely fantastic, Robert, and it's always great to have you back on. It's been such a big year, and uh, it's probably been just uh, just under probably 12 months since we last spoke in uh, episode number nine. Uh, so it's going to be a great, great story that we can talk about what's gone on and uh, what's been happening in your world since. Oh, it's, um, yeah, we've had a great year um, at Dose Innovation. We've... Um, uh, been working with our existing customers and and um, and how we can better benefit their uh, their needs in regards to automation. So um, we've sourced some new products out of that, and uh, we've, we're very excited. And um, we've obviously got more customers uh, than we did have, so we've had a successful sort of implementation year. Um, we're looking at uh, increasing our service um, network. Uh, we've got a larger range of products that we'll be servicing across Australia. It's a very, very big country. And um, and so, yeah, it's been just very busy. Exhibitions in LA, Germany, new products. Yeah, very exciting. Oh, fantastic, Robert. Look, it's always good to obviously see everything kicking on and uh, nothing ever staying stationary. As we obviously see in technology, everything changes from day to day now as opposed to month or week by week. So great. And, and what, new, what new products have you got um, available now? So um, we've got a new product that we launched at APP and it is a machine that automates uh, blister packing. Um, so, you know, a blister card with medication, DA, that type of DAA. But uh, this is a unique uh, machine where it has 200 cassettes. Uh, so that improves your, your speed of packing and gives you a wider range of products that are automated. But also it, uh, it takes a photo of the pro- uh, product as it goes into the blister. So it gives you photo uh, recognition and, and verification of the packs. So uh, there's... It's very different to technologies that are available currently and um, we're really excited uh, to be uh, responsible for the world launch of this product at APP. Oh, look, absolutely fantastic. And when you talk about taking photos of the products and verification, have you had to load in every tablet image that's uh, virtually available um, in every, uh, I guess, every state and territory of the country? Yeah, we've got a we've got an extension extensive library of um, of tablets because obviously we've got some large customers that we look after at the moment, and um, the you know it's it's high res, it's very specific, and um, you know there's halves that we need to teach in. Or we call it teaching in to the machine. But once we've done that with our customers, um, it, it it then verifies the tablet quite readily. Yeah, and look, I guess there can always be errors in that, but again, in terms of human error, that's always there. And I guess from the tests that you've done, like I guess compared to, I guess the normal human error that we make, um, how how accurate is it? Well, the, the technology we're really happy. Um, it's uh, based on the checking technology that we're currently familiar with. Um, and these people were the inventors of, of vision technology in the world. And so it works on the concept that if it's not absolutely sure, it will uh, it will class it as an error. So um, I guess the packs that come out that have been verified as correct uh, are correct uh, 100%. 
and then uh, it indicates where it's not sure or the tablet might be sitting on its side or further investigation required. Um, The concerning thing with, you know, manual blisters that are currently prepared, some of the uh, error rates range from, you know, sort of 0.4% to 14% and, and, and I guess it's our aim to improve on that. Yeah, and certainly in terms of our statutory requirements as pharmacists in terms of checking, um, there's still that, obviously, that that always sits on our shoulders. But I guess how have you seen this type of verification technology best suited to that workflow? Because, you know, most pharmacists are still acutely aware of the fact that uh, if there is an error, they still will maintain responsibility, whether it's been done by themselves or otherwise. Um, so I guess how, do, how can pharmacists, I guess, create their best workflow around making sure they've verified the content? Uh, quality and, and, and accuracy is about processes, Rob. So um, we work uh, extensively with our customers in regards to implementing processes, uh, checking, um, uh, verification, and uh, you know looking at the areas that are um, at mo- most risk for errors and and sort of breaking those down and making sure that that you've got you know the best quality systems. You've got um, the ability to have uh, different people checking any manual work that's done, um, you know. And I guess uh, being being comfortable with the, uh, the product being accurate um, and going to the customer um, is all about uh, integrating your software, your machinery, and your personnel to the best of their capabilities. But also having a documented process for what everyone does. And also a donc- documented um, quality improvement process to keep the level of, of of accuracy high and improving. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And I guess for, for our listeners, for remember back to episode nine, we went through quite a number of introductions in terms of how you best automate in your pharmacy um, and today we're going to be stepping up the adva- advanced side of that and uh, certainly uh, this type of machine would certainly fit well into that Robert and uh, I guess in terms of what the expectation can be set um, you know typically when you know a patient would present into the pharmacy with medication changes to their blisters or even if it's a brand new patient uh, who wants to start up on a dose administration aid um, what kind of turnaround could we be offering patients as a result of this type of automation product? Um, depending on what time of the day, but if it's a day that you have the machine there and it's operating, um, you'd probably allow sort of 20 to 30 minutes to be able to prepare um, a blister pack. And, and, and the reason why for the delay, you, you probably need to communicate to the doctor in regards to the chart, um, and, but essentially the, the pack will be prepared in a minute. Yeah. Yeah, and and two hundred two hundred cassettes. Um, what would that typically, I guess, result in terms of the contents of a typical dose administration? Aid? Are we talking about ninety five percent plus of the contents? And is there a usual need to have to add in any manual tablets? Um, it's very very um, variable depending on the the pharmacy. But I would probably say that um, you would be looking about between 90 and 95 percent of a normal community pharmacy and um, it just depends on uh, how many you know the volume of customers that you're looking to service um, but yeah it's 
in comparison, um, I, I, I'm aware of uh, other automation that has, you know, sort of 40 cassettes. So I guess relative to 40 cassettes, um, it, it's five times uh, better. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fantastic. And and I guess is there, is there the, you know, and usually we talk bigger picture stuff later, but I, I thought I might ask, is it this type of product, is there on the foreseeable future to be able to connect that with a rower to be able to, I guess, assume perfect automation of uh, product delivery, de-blistering, and then, you know, insertion into one of these cassettes? Yeah, we're working um, on that solution with a, with a customer of ours at the moment. Uh, it's all about, you know, people underestimate de-blistering and, and I failed to mention that we've got some new de-blistering uh, de products that have come out, um, which we're really excited about. But um, part of the manual process of preparing a DAA, a huge part of that is um, de-blistering. And so uh, we're looking at ways where we can um, de-blister product, um, then putting it into the rower and, and uh, the machine when the cassette is empty, send a request to the rower to you know to pick that bottle of deblistered uh, medication to be able to refill the cassette and, um, and 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 keep the process going. So yeah, there's certainly some great um, software solutions and um, and workflow process improvement that that we're excited to be able to deliver with this new product in our portfolio. Yeah, I look at. I always refer to it as just trying to pick up as many one percenters as if you can, and uh, you know, I guess. <clears throat> As, as we've discussed many times on this show in the last year, um, and I think it may have been uh, Mark Lehman episode 35 and we we're talking about cloud accounting, that uh, your business is, uh, you, you automate, you have, is what you haven't automated yet. And uh, there's always great opportunities yes. if you look for them in your workflows. Yeah, I totally agree. And um, I guess in terms of where where our, where our listeners would have probably picked up when we covered a lot of our automation uh, discussion last time, um, I guess what have you seen? What have been the biggest lessons that um, you know new customers that have seen who have come on board? Um, you know, I know a lot of our audience got some great benefit of hearing how Greg Kadoran was uh, had implemented his first and uh, now has implemented his second, and we'll hope to catch up with Greg in the not too distant future. Um, but what have been the biggest lessons? Um, um, that you know our, our listeners could pick up in terms of any of their planning if they haven't already automated, or if they've already automated, what else could they be doing? Okay, so big question, probably lots of answers, but I'll, I'll, I'll attempt to break it down. So um, what we found is that um, obviously this is a, a machine. Sometimes you buy something and you don't necessarily use it, but it's, it's impossible not to use it because it's it's automating you know ninety seven percent of of your dispensary stock and uh, and that's bread and butter stuff for pharmacists. So where we found people that had the most success is in the pre planning. Um, there is a lead time for the machine, and I guess it's about um, getting engaging with your staff, which I talked about previously, but probably doing that in a more formal manner, whereby um, as the owner of the business or the manager, um, you know, working with the owner is what is it you're going to try and achieve? So uh, are you aiming for, you know, to attract new customers? Uh, are you aiming to improve your wage percentage? Are you looking for new professional services? Do you want to implement your current professional services well? Would you like to grow your DAA business? And um, it's about planning. So everyone says the word planning, but 
you know, have you identified the training requirements? Um, have you talked about targets that are achievable and stretch? Um, have you, are you putting in an incentive program and how are you going to measure that? And how often are you going to check and, and, and revisit it? And we've seen some pharmacies that, you know, have had some incredible results whereby they've pre-planned what it is they're going to achieve. And, you know, a classic example is DAA. So we had one pharmacy that wanted to grow their DAA business and they've increased it from 120 to over 400. And, you know, it's really good. that They're the sort of good news stories. We've got other customers that, you know, they want more customers. Uh, and so what they did was they freed up um, one of their pharmacists to visit you know, local um, bowling clubs and RSLs to be able to um, increase their sales to to the older community. And um, you know, it's been very both rewarding and successful. Um, but it's generally the, the, the best part I'm seeing in, a, in the implementation of automation is the changing of um, the workflow in the pharmacy but you know not just the workflow the accessibility of the pharmacist so again we're the only free health professional that you don't need to book an appointment for and yet uh, i see so many times pharmacists hiding behind a dispensary counter with a front shop counter in in front of it and what i'm noticing is a lot of our customers are, are implementing automation as part of a refit and it's just really exciting to see that that barrier, the front shop um, uh, counter, is starting to disappear. And so we've got pharmacists uh, in talking and engaging with every single prescription medicine customer when they come into the pharmacy. And that's probably the the most exciting uh, thing that I'm seeing in, in, in with our customers at the moment. Yeah, and I, th- I think it'd be great to explore one day where that two and a half foot step actually originated because when you look back historically at the uh, community pharmacies of yesteryear prior to brands and manufacturers and distribution channels and PBS and everything, they never it never seemed to exist. Um, so it'd be interesting to actually work out where it came from. But no doubt we're starting to see that, you know, in just in retail in general, let alone in pharmacy, um, you know, the, the aim of most retail retailers is to improve that customer experience and by doing that improve accessibility and I probably am too guilty of talking about Apple too much on this show but I just love it in that uh, you know there's no barriers Um, you know everyone stands on an equal footing you know you can reach across the counter if you want to because there isn't one Um, and uh, you know realistically if we're going to be problem solvers as pharmacists which is really our our key strength uh, you can't be doing that from some privileged point of vantage point of elevation you need to be uh you know standing and preferably even giving the opportunity to sit which uh, i know a lot of our customers enjoy yeah i i i I really see that i i think um pharmacies operating like apple uh, it's probably going to take a little bit longer but it's just exciting to see um you know the change And, and those pharmacies that make those changes are really seeing the benefit you know with customer loyalty and, you know, just great feedback from their customers in regards to the fact, well, I go to that pharmacy because I get to speak to the pharmacist every time. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and I can see that you know automation plays such a big role in you know minimising all the reasons why a pharmacist needs to go behind the counter or go and pick something. It it really brings it brings it to them. Um, but you know, no no doubt, there's uh, obviously other areas of opportunity, and you know, quite often, you know, we still see physical products shelved and um, being made available for sale still in our S two or S three areas. So, have you seen anything, I guess, in <coughs> your travels in the last twelve months that you know can improve that? Um, S twos and S threes being loaded into robots as well. So, I guess you know, not only when a customer comes in with a prescription, but also with a primary healthcare query as well yeah so um at app another one of our new products that we uh launched was a product called v motion and uh if you imagine a touchscreen um sort of tv panel that uh sits against your rower uh in, in where generally your s2 s3 medicines would be um you can store your s2 s3 medicines in in the in the rower and uh you know you can scroll through uh, the product it's as if it, it's it's shown as if it's on the shelf um, and so you can scroll and select uh, the product from that screen and uh, it'll it'll sort of bring that medicine out so it, it's you know you're able to do seasonal type um, uh, products or, or condition type products but it frees up the stock um, just sitting on on your back shelves uh, it saves you more space and you know, from a retailing point of view, it, it's it's incredibly well presented, and uh, it's a huge point of difference. So we're really excited. Um, are currently working with some groups in regards to piloting uh, this concept, but um, you know, it's very very exciting. Um, and I definitely recommend uh, storing your S two S threes in the rower because it's it's the most efficient and uh, space saving way to do that. Yeah, no, look, absolutely. And I guess always the biggest thing that most people would, would struggle with is, uh, you know, customers often like to see choice and visually see the merchandise to, you know, have a look yes. at something or point it out. And, you know, to be able to solve that with a, a digital display is a real, really interesting way of doing it. And I guess, you know, we quite often, you know, as we, as I, often do look outside of our industry we see mcdonald's have gone to digital panels for their entire menu uh, but obviously they're not interactive panels and they're obviously able to be changed from day to day from breakfast to lunch to dinner and so forth and i suppose from mm. our from our point of view it really <coughs> does enable us to display health solutions in a, in a in a in a prominent location but also in a dynamic fashion as well and that it doesn't require a visual merchandiser to be moving the stock around you know a few times a day that in digital you get such a great opportunity to custom that to whatever time of day you, you do have. Yeah, and again, it's another sort of um, uh, administrative type role that's being replaced uh, with technology, which, um, you know, we freeing up people to actually uh, provide professional services and, and, and talk to their customers, which is what we're all about. Yeah, yeah, and again, as we as we touch on, it's another great another area that can be automated. In that, you know, your in store di- marketing can be automated as well. And that, you know, the days of perhaps, and you know, I know that you're only talking about S two S threes, but ultimately there's advantages in other areas of the pharmacy um, of uh, changing your gondola ends over every two weeks or changing your window every four weeks. Um, potentially, could be changed every hour if you really wanted it. Yeah, that's that's the um, exciting and um, a little bit scary um, 
concept. But yes, I totally agree. If you could imagine, you know, almost a, a virtual store uh, where you're able to present all of your stock and um, and select um, without actually having any physical stock on the floor. Um, yeah, I look forward to seeing that pharmacy. I think I think I think that's where we're going very close to you know trying to trying to replicate the type of Apple experience that they have because look you know they they have potentially seven or eight products that they sell notwithstanding all the accessories at any one time which is you know a great advantage to be so you know integrated they've got vertical integration in their company and uh, you know they don't have to spend a whole lot of time selling twenty thousand different lines which is quite often where we end up. However, um, if we're not having to display uh, a huge number of facings of products, it's allowing us to optimise our inv- inventory, uh, but also that experience in the space and that we don't have to block customers' walk space by these huge towering gondolas of stock, uh, which really changes yeah. the face. And I suppose as we're looking right now in terms of our occupancy costs in pharmacy, it may lend itself to smaller footprint stores without the need to you know, have these big huge warehouses um, just purely to display the stock. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, it's rents, I've, I've not seen any ever go down and um, and it's certainly a time to be thinking differently in, in regards to the wh- where we can go in the future. How can we free up space and, and how can we, you know, make our pharmacies uh, look and feel professional um, be, and have professional products that we can be recommending quite easily. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, Robert, what's been the biggest uh, workflow that you've seen, you know, if properly planned and implemented by pharmacies that have taken up automation, if they've invested the time, uh, which has been the biggest thing? Has it been obviously their prescription reception? Has it been the way they've received stock by, you know, utilising the prologue, which we spoke about last time to put away the stock? Which has been the one that's, I guess, impacted pharmacists the biggest in terms of the time that it's freed up but potentially also in their productivity um okay so i think a lot of people focus on uh, the ordering process um i don't know too many pharmacies that uh, give enough space you know existing pharmacies that give enough space an area for receding of stock and um and putting it away um some do but generally um you'll see boxes sort of lying all around the far- the back of the pharmacy and so we're seeing those boxes disappear um from a workplace health and safety point of view it's uh, a delight that we don't have the risk of people tripping over everywhere but essentially that the pharmacy looks clearer and tidy but definitely um uh, working with uh, a successful and agile uh, scripts uh, receipt area that flows into a you know a dispensary um, that is accessible but not accessible. So where, what I mean is that you know the, the customer can come up to the dispense counter. They, they can't see everything that's behind the dispense counter, but they can see the pharmacist's face. They can have a conversation with the pharmacist and. Um, and the delivery of the medications happens, you know, through the rower just behind the pharmacist. And then allowing, you know, sort of flowing on from that dispensary, uh, allowing a, a large area for um, giving out of the prescriptions, um, private areas for, for to provide counselling and or recommend other products or other services. So I'm seeing scripts in areas shrinking, dispensaries um probably smaller um, and the, the, the scripts out section 
uh, a, a, it's a larger area where you know you have um, product that people may also want. You have areas for private counselling and and time for the pharmacist to be spending with the with the customers. And and ideally, um, you know, the pharmacist is spending most of their time at that area of the pharmacy rather than at the receiving the prescriptions and or um, you know in the dispensary. Mm. And if you've seen many take up direct dispensing um, in that, you know, you, re- you completely turn the workflow that we're currently used to on its head in terms of having scripts in, scripts out, and you just simply have a single person managing every managing the whole process from start to finish with the agency of one of the channels coming out from uh, the uh, dispensary robot. Um, are you seeing that with any of the pharmacies and what kind of success have you seen with it? Um, I, I've seen, I haven't seen it, um, uh, with uh, any of our customers. I've seen it, other people try it, but I've seen it working in Germany. So, you know, essentially it was, a it was almost a, a camp with four dispense terminals and, um, you know, uh, they joked about the fact that when the bus came, in other words, when they were really busy, they'd have all four counters, um, going, um, it, Privacy is a challenge in regards to that because if if you're having um, no scripts in, no scripts out, um, you've just got to make sure that you've got the ability to provide private um, counselling on the medications and or dispensing. But um, but I think there's a place for it, and I think uh, it's like anything. Some customers will want to sit down and um, and have a one-on-one, and some customers will just need to seek um, uh, the the right advice in a in a in an agile way on their medicines because that it's not convenient for them at that time so I think all or one of nothing uh, doesn't work but I think it's about talking to your customers understanding your, your business and and working uh, and providing them with choices yeah. so mm. yeah it's so a, it's, I think it's a bit yeah it's a bit hard for customers to at the moment to be walking straight up um, to just a dispensary um, because of the workflows and the rest of the pharmacy. So, but I think it will move that way. Yeah, because I guess as we as we start to you know ring out every one of those last percenters in terms of efficiency, um, you know, there's there's a train of thought that I often have, which is that waiting time is really just borrowed time from our patients because we haven't efficiently done something well enough, and that we're able to offer them a solution when they walk in, as opposed to, you know, and that and that can often come to you know being predictively you know aware of when they're going to arrive and to have ordering ahead of time and. Uh, you know, as things we've spoken about on the show in terms of where you have SMS reminders and having prescriptions done on a cycle, um, as opposed to having to have all, always have every one of your prescriptions being done in an acute workflow. Um, but I guess, yes. I guess, I guess, what what have been the the better pharmacies that you've you've worked with that have been able to reduce waiting time considerably by using the robot in its best capacity? Um. Okay, so um, we've, there's a it's a pharmacy in Brisbane that, um, that it's the same uh, pharmacy I talked about that had grown their DAA business, and it was purely for the fact that they freed up the pharmacist, and the pharmacist was talking to you know relevant customers who potentially needed a DAA, grow that from 120 to, to over 400. Um, but you know they they quite often say that the time to dispense prescription is is halved for them. So, um, 
they've got a you know a nice little area for scripts in um, dispensary, um, and then a, a larger area for prescriptions out. Um, they they do uh, look after methadone uh, clients there, and so they've got a dedicated area for that. And um, you know it's just nice to see the pharmacist is is flowing through all of this, um, not not just standing in the one position, looking down on the customers. You know they're able to engage. And the smarter operators um, in business, you know, they can tell if a customer needs needs to, to speak to them now or is wanting more time. And, and it just frees up, having half the dispense time, it frees up the pharmacist to be able to meet their customer needs. And customers are returning. Um, their, their, their sales are, you know, the same as if they were pre-PBS reform, which is remarkable in this climate. And, um, you know, customer numbers are going up and... Very, very loyal customers. So it's nice to see. Well, I guess it's always nice when we, um, you know, that when the expectation is that the service level is dropping just in retail in general, uh, when you can actually over-service uh, without obviously having to have additional people, but uh, obviously have a robotic right or left hand to help you out, um, which is, you yeah. know, obviously a contributor to the success there. But I guess it's always about, you know, just incrementally improving. And, you know, like you say, it, it always comes back to what our customers will value most and really understanding that and putting processes and in some cases using technology to be able to achieve it. Um, but I guess what would be your biggest advice for any listener in terms of they may be positioned at a point where they're considering automation. They may have thought about it for a while, but not really. Um, but, you know, perhaps just looking for incremental improvement, which I think is the best thing that we can do in any of our businesses. Um, and it may well be, you know, an improvement in workflow. Um, but what do you think would make the biggest difference for them to be looking at right now? Okay. Um, I guess everywhere, every customer I speak to and every every, every pharmacist I speak to, um, you know, there's some great ideas out there um, and, the, you know, the people wanting to do and wanting to implement, but it seems to be the largest single barrier to implementing a lot of these things is time. Um, it's quite um, ironic that, you know, sometimes people will not have time to look at automation um, given the fact that the, the, the main purpose of automation is, is to deliver time. But I guess what, what I've seen is that customers that have automated, um, if you spend the time to get your uh, workflow uh, correct, um, so you're maximising your customer's access to the pharmacist, if you spend the time to uh, discuss uh, the implementation with your customers and, uh, sorry, with your staff um, and give them um, uh, the goals that, that you want to achieve and the, and the training to be able to achieve those, um, you're able to, and, and the other trick is to not end up with, you know, 10 initiatives that you're wanting to implement uh, the, the first day that, that you have this, this automation. So if you can prioritise your, your goals, if you can um, plan, uh, what we're seeing is, uh, particularly with customers that have had the automation for a few years, you know, they've sort of nailed down um, the, the benefits that they wanted uh, in the first year and then the sort of second year they're looking at, okay, well, what else can we do because, you know, we do this as part of our normal business. Um, so it's that continual improvement because you're not keeping on going backwards because 
you're inefficient and so more customers means more people and less time for your customers if that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I guess it's one of those addictive behaviours that once you get uh, into a mould of improving efficiency, uh, you're not going to go back to inefficient because it's a bit like trying to go back to dial-up internet, uh, having experienced yes. um, high-level cable. And hopefully we'll see the NBN in some time in the near future in most places. Um, but, you know, it, it, the, the case in point is as much that um, you couldn't understand how you would work and operate a business in any other way. And, and I guess, you know, as, as you mentioned earlier, it might just be simply removing your dispensary counter so that your customers can actually see you. And, uh, you know, that could more or less trigger a, a, a revolution in change in your business and how your customers view the business in terms of how well you listen and are accessible um, with or without yeah. automation. And, uh, you know, I know we... Yeah, have... they could do that. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah, that, that, would be, that would make a huge difference. And, you know, people would be coming in going, ooh, Am I allowed that close to the pharmacist? Um, which, which, yeah, which, which is a good thing. Yeah, I know, I know that um, Peter Ferros back in episode thirty-one. I think he almost wanted to pull out a chainsaw and cut down every one of those dispensary counters. And uh, yeah, I think it would be uh, certainly a good movement to uh, get most pharmacies to adopt. I think. <laughs> Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So I guess, you know, we always cast a bit of an eye to the future and where, thing, where things will go. And, you know, obviously we've touched on quite a few areas to, I guess, you know, more comprehensively look at well, where are all those additional one percenters in pharmacy automation. Um, but what do, you, what do you see, I guess, the ultimate for you? Like I know last time we spoke about obviously having smartphone apps and being able to have the customer pick the items virtually by uh, doing that. But I guess, I guess where do we see, look, I know that, um, you know, we always talk about getting good data integration and all of our systems integrated as probably being the panacea of where most pharmacies will need to go. Um, but, you know, what would you love to see right at the moment? Um, okay, so ooh, it's a tough one. Um, for me, it's all about customer-centric care. So, um, you know, we've got a, a wide range of different customers um, that, that need our services from a pharmacy. And, um, you know, I, I love talking to people who, are, who aren't uh, involved in pharmacy to, to sort of gauge what their experience is. But um, for me, it's about um, uh, having uh, customers that come into your pharmacy and to be able to uh, quickly recognise what their requirements are, and and you know that involves uh, professionals engaging with them. Um, secondly, to um, promptly um, meet their requirements. So you know that might be a particular product, service, and or range. And um, and thirdly, uh, the ability to re-engage with that customer once they've received that product and or service to to continually improve their health um, in regards to is is the product working um, is this working and you know as these people are getting older their requirements will uh, increase so I guess it's almost as if uh, in simplistic terms someone walks in and the pharmacist is able to um, do anything and uh, give them everything uh, without uh, having uh, any barriers in regards to time and or availability. So to be able to do that, you need you know uh, stock systems that are 100% accurate. You need to have 
um, products and or services um, that uh, the, the customers can t- take advantage of. And you need to be, you know, understanding of where uh, patient sort of centric care is heading so that you can have these service available, services available to you. So um, I see, uh, I don't see that in uh, a lot of pharmacies, but I see that a lot of pharmacies could be moving towards delivering, you know, that that uh, utopic, uh, perfect customer experience whereby, you know, people walk in, they're greeted immediately, their requirements are quickly ascertained and, and delivered and um, they're followed up um, when, when, when suitable for them. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, you know, as, as we so often talk about the, uh, the technology is not there, you know, to get in the way and to, you know, make your business look like it's up to date, but it should be indistinguishable from the process as to whether or not you've got happy customers and they're actually able to achieve good health, com- health outcomes. And ultimately to get there, we probably need some technology to help us understand, I guess, the data trends and uh, utilize some automation to obviously help in their customer service experience in store but also to prompt us to follow up in the most appropriate manner uh, irrespective of uh, personnel issues because we've so often been uh, you know guilty of having great pharmacists during certain hours of the day but sometimes not available at other times and uh, the technology can certainly help us identify the, our best ones and be able to follow up with them which uh, hopefully will surprise them and delight them which would be great. Well, it's been great having you. Ha, ha, <laughs> it's um, it's been great having you back, Robert. It's uh, you know, it's, I, I always consider it a privilege because we get to see, I guess, how much more we can automate in our business, and that it's not all about just the robot. Um, it's about actually what we're going to achieve in our business, and it's always linked to very strong processes, um, which ultimately benefit both ourselves and our patients. So, we look forward to probably in another twelve months having you back and. Uh, discovering again what the journey you've been on thanks very much rob really appreciate your time and um and yeah if any questions people can contact me cheers thanks robert well for those of us who look at automation and think that once we've automated something then there's nothing more to do we've already perfected a process this interview certainly squashes that right on the head. There are so many one percenters for us to pick up in our business and it's fascinating to hear about so many innovative products that are going to help us do that in all areas of our business. And it really comes back to, and as I'll get into, my top three learnings, the first one being pre-planning success. So planning for success, really understanding is what are you going to get done? What is your vision and what are your objectives? What would you like to achieve in your pharmacy? Have you been able to listen to your customers, listening to your partners and also your team members as well? We've spoken about that a lot on this show to determine what are the key aspects of your business and what would you like to achieve? There were some great case examples that Robert spoke about of ones where where you could increase the number of customers. The example of obviously a great pharmacy in Brisbane that have increased their DAAs from 120 to over 400 now. And they've been able to do that by partnering their business with automation to obviously reduce the cost of labor and the amount of labor involved in servicing each customer, but maximizing the engagement. And that's the key element. 
And the other example he used was being able to free up a pharmacist so they could go on a bit of a local road trip around bowling clubs and really increasing community engagement and growing their business that way. So you need to understand all of that before you decide where you're gonna go with automation, whether you have it already or if you've got the ability to take a blank canvas approach and implement it from day one. And that can also include your refit. I think the increasingly obvious theme that we keep coming up with on this show is that that two and a half foot step or any of our dispensary counters are barriers and we just need to get the chainsaw out and chop them down and we'll automatically be improving our relationship with our patients as a result. And I think that's something we should all hope for with or without automation. The second thing that was just amazing to look at all of the new products and realistically, once we've determined what we want to achieve, being, being able to approach it without a limit or a cap in our imagination of where that might go. And that can include having almost virtual stores where we're exploring the possibilities of not having a lot of visual merchandise, physical merchandise, and having it stored in an automation product. And particularly available right now, as has just been recently launched, the V-Motion, which enables your Schedule 2, Schedule 3 items to sit on a TV panel and literally be able to be interacted with or without uh, the pharmacy assistant's intervention. Obviously, they need to pick the product out of the chute. The patient won't be able to do that. But ultimately, it's such a great conversation. So rather than simply having to spend huge parts of our interactions with our patients of going to pick stock off the shelf and bring it across, how about if we had a solution up on a screen that we're literally able to tap and the products were brought to us so that we could just continue that engaged conversation and not have to break it because of inefficiency and poor logistics. So we've got that opportunity there right now. So it's all about, as we keep talking about these one percenters, and if we don't put a limit on our imagination of how much we can automate, and obviously as we've spoken about on this show, and the quote comes directly from Mark Lehman in episode 35, we aren't what we haven't already automated, and there is always going to be things we could go further with. We even explored the possibility of utilizing the new VBM that's just been launched and connecting that with a rower and deblistering technology to be able to simply almost have almost a 100% automation process where you literally receive your stock from a wholesaler, tip it into the back, it's automatically put away, and then you've got structures and processes and systems that will then take the product from the rower to the deblistering product, put into a perhaps a big bottle to store, or perhaps even just go directly into one of the 200 cartridges of the VBM, and which is then actioned by the patient profile that we manage clinically as a pharmacist. So it's just fascinating how far you can go, and that's really the challenge. We focused a lot on this show about taking it to the next level and not really covering off on all the bare basics of why you should automate. There's some great episodes you can tune into all the way back to episode number nine with Robert last time, and also our crowd favorite, Greg Kadoran in episode 12, to understand what you can achieve at a base level, but this is really how do you take it to that next level as well. And that is our third key learning. It's all about incremental improvement to really maximize our time. It's quite often, as Robert's discussed, time is one of the biggest barriers of why we don't automate because we don't take the time to one, educate ourselves about what automation can do in our business, 
So hopefully, if you're listening to this show, you can now tick that box because you've been able to get some great insights on this show as well as also today. But at the same time, investing the time in planning your workflow, which is something you do need to spend time as a pharmacy owner, working with your pharmacist team and your dispensary teams to get it right. And that might be removing the dispensary counter, how you're going to manage your scripts in, scripts out, as Robert spoke about. The increasing trend is to reduce the the space allotted to scripts in, but maximize scripts out to include more stock, and perhaps even all of these innovative products like VMotion to have on have on all of those additional health solution products, which are complementary to the conversations we're already having. And the important thing was obviously to plan and work out what benefits you need to tick off to ensure that you improve and prioritizing them so that you're not trying to you know, get stuck like the three stooges in the door, but you're really focusing on the biggest areas that are going to impact your business straight away. And if we can commit to at least incrementally improving, we're going to have a better business every single year. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode of Transformation. Don't forget, we've got a very special episode coming up next week where we visit the Retail Evolution Lab and we look at all the latest and greatest retail technologies that you can utilize straight away in your businesses as well as in the future. I know you're going to love it. But if you've got any questions or comments with regards to today's show, please leave a comment in the show notes below. I read and respond to every single one of them, and I know that Robert would be only too happy to respond to those individually as well. Have a great week, everyone, and I look forward to speaking to you again next week. Bye for now.